Early top 25 polls for the next football season are finally giving Michigan football the respect that it's deserved. You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, you're tuned into Locked On Big Ten. Thank you for making the show your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. Be sure to follow along wherever it is you get your podcasts on YouTube and on Twitter with the show. It's at Locked On Big Ten. One zero at the end when you're typing it out, not T-E-N. Coming up on today's show, I got to get into what Caitlin Clark did on the court yesterday, solidifying herself as an all-time great with that NCAA performance, if you ask me. But first, I want to start off with some of the preseason top 25 polls from around the country trying to predict the next football season. 24-7 Sports has already done the footwork for us on this. They last week released an article in which they combined all different reports, six of them to be exact, of top 25 polls for the way too early and way down the road season here in the fall. But they put six different of those polls together, combined them all, and spit out one cumulative top 25. Now, first notes here, there is a consensus number one in the Georgia Bulldogs. I thought about being some sort of argumentative and just picking a fight saying, okay, maybe Georgia isn't going to be as dominant as they have been. Maybe Michigan deserves this top spot or Ohio State, but you can't really, really argue with putting Georgia at the top of this thing. And all six of these sites that we had uh, pulled together here for our 24-7 sports article is all saying Georgia's on top. So I feel foolish trying to really argue. But let's move on to Big Ten matters. The number two team on this list is the Michigan Wolverines. They get it just barely edging out number three, Ohio State. It was very close with their combined points system. Some places had Michigan ranked higher. Some places did have Ohio State ranked higher. But the point for me is that the Wolverines are finally getting that respect that, to be quite honest, they probably deserved to have all of last season, but just never really got Beating Ohio State for a second time, for some reason, convinced more people that Michigan was actually a sustainably better program. And now Michigan is at least getting some of that respect. Not all of it yet. As I feel like, again, if Ohio State had won that game last winter, Ohio State would be number two in this list and a near consensus number two across the board, too, in most preseason polls. doesn't make sense that we're judging future teams based on past team performances, Never really does, but that's just the way it is. If Michigan had lost that game, they would maybe not even be number three on this list. But since they won it, they get the recognition, they get the respect, they get the number two spot. They deserve more probably. And I wonder what things would be if the situation wasn't quite as the same as Ohio State needing to find a quarterback while Michigan returns mostly everyone. If it was a little bit more stable on the Buckeye side. Would there be a little bit more of, okay, well, the Buckeyes are still just kind of a juggernaut on paper. Maybe we should put them ahead of Michigan in these rankings. I'd be interested to see if that was the case, but it's not, of course. And Michigan gets at least some of the respect that 
I still think they're kind of lacking across the board here. I still think there's a whole bunch of people who are hesitant to really go all in and say, Michigan is a better team than Ohio State going into each season. Because the Buckeyes still have the recruiting advantage. It's still there. And Ohio State still has plenty of really talented players ready to fill in for the spots where they're going to be missing pieces, aside from just quarterback. So for Michigan to really, really, uh, I guess, turn the tides here, as far as what everyone perceives, they may need even just a few more years of beating the Buckeyes. But the step they'll take back whenever Ohio State does win another one, it's kind of unfair, if you ask me. But at least Michigan's getting some of the respect. Another interesting battle in this Top 25 article posted, Penn State finishes one point in the 24-7 cumulative rankings. So very close, even though a point really, you don't know how much a point means. One point over the USC Trojans. And I think this is a situation kind of like Ohio State and Michigan, but where the roles are flipped, where you have the sure thing in at quarterback with Caleb Williams and the Trojans. But then with the Nittany Lions, you have, I think, what everyone is respecting as a better all-around roster right now than what USC has put together, which I think if you're a Penn State fan is great, a win-win, because having a better all-around roster is obviously better. And then if you're looking at the hopes for Penn State, the hope is that Drew Aller comes in and that guy can just dominate in a way that puts Penn State into national contention. And if he can do that, then Penn State's not just the number five team barely edging out USC. They're a playoff team. So if you're looking at what Penn State has right now, the national consensus is, yes, this team's really, really good, despite not knowing who how good this quarterback's going to be yet. And to be up that high next to, I mean, you're next to an Ohio State team. Ohio State doesn't know where its quarterback's at. Penn State doesn't know where its quarterback's at. Those two teams are neck and neck. That's a really, really good testament to how good this Penn State roster is potentially going to be next season. They got holes to fill just like everybody else. But I think that people are respecting what Penn State's done on the field outside of, of course, not being able to beat Michigan or Ohio State. But if Aller's that good, he's that guy that gets them over that hump. That's the excitement that you have with Drew Aller. That, to be quite honest, that's all Penn State fans have been wanting. is just a quarterback who gives them that kind of hope in a way that Sean Clifford, I don't think, ever really did when he was at Penn State. Moving on, only one other Big Ten school mentioned in this top 25 and a tie for 20th, the Wisconsin Badgers. And it, it could have been a number of different Big Ten teams here. Somebody is going to step up and be a fourth or fifth top 25 team out of this Big Ten. There's just no real way to tell who. Uh, there's all sorts of different teams who could take big steps up, who we can make great arguments for why they're going to be able to improve next season. But this conference is wide open outside of those top three. And everybody here really understands that. Wisconsin's a fine pick for whoever that next team up could be, but just as good as about four or five other teams, if you ask me. We're going to talk women's basketball in just a minute. Caitlin Clark is making history in the NCAA tournament. We'll get more on that in just a minute here on Locked On Big Ten. Before we do, though, it is March Madness, and the Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite Built Bar or Puff, and now is your favorite time to make it count. 
head on over to builtmarchmadness.com to vote for your favorites. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you will be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built. Not only that, but one Locked On fan will get a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You've got to try out Built, the best protein bar ever. It tastes like a candy bar, 100% real chocolate with low calories and low carbs and fats too. Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. Let's get into what Caitlin Clark did here yesterday. An outstanding performance from the Iowa superstar, further solidifying herself as the greatest to ever do it in an Iowa uniform. But if you ask me, she's now put herself in the top tier of greatest to ever play women's college basketball with her big game yesterday. Iowa beats Louisville, her final stat line, 41 points, 10 rebounds, 12 assists. Caitlin Clark was dominating this game in ways that she has done so many times previously. Just with this time, it was with a shot to the final four on the line. And people were tuned in to watch. Like I went on Twitter, I, I obviously my Twitter's mostly sports people and people who would have been watching that game. But it seemed like there were more people talking about this game than there, or, or let me put it this way. There were just as many people I saw talking about these games, just like live tweeting and saying, wow, Caitlin Clark's amazing. The same amount as I saw, like with the Elite Eight games we saw in the men's tournament on Sunday too. That's the kind of draw that this girl is when she takes the basketball court. But that's not something that you didn't already know. If you ask me though, by making this final four, by having this performance on this stage, Caitlin Clark solidifies herself as the top tier of all-time greats in women's college basketball. She's up there with the Maya Moores, the Brittany Griners, all those other great names, not only in just the stats that she puts up, but the way that she makes you want to watch her play. It's a unique skill set and a unique player. In, if you ask me, one of a kind. Maybe not the best ever, maybe not the greatest of all time, but a one-of-a-kind player that has you glued to the TV every time she hits the court. And now how's Iowa going to the Final Four? And now maybe even more importantly, she has an opportunity this next weekend to do what would, if you ask me, make her story the greatest individual story in this sport. Because what she's doing is still improbable from a team standpoint. Like Iowa's made the Final Four, and Caitlin Clark making a Final Four, not something that is really unreasonable, of course, or not expected, I should say. But this Iowa team is still not expected to win this tournament. Because there's not really a whole lot of parity when it comes to actually winning the whole thing in this women's tourney. There's been a whole lot more parity in recent years. Upsets are happening all over the place now in a way that they didn't happen even just 10 years ago, 15 years ago. But at the same time, it's not been the same deal with actually winning the whole thing. Lower-seeded teams can go deep. But a one seed has won this tournament every season all the way back to 2011. A one seed has won this tournament every season except for four seasons this entire millennium. So for Iowa as a two seed, so not exactly super crazy off the one line, 
But for Iowa to win this tournament with what is still, by the way, some very dominant forces out there and teams like South Carolina, who Maryland's going to run into here today, there is definitely no expectation for Caitlin Clark to win it all here. But if she were to do it, her career combined with this tournament run would, in my opinion, make hers the greatest individual story that we've seen. And yes, I know there's UConn players who won four national championships and led their team the entire way. And yeah, there's going to be more hardware with that kind of a run. But as far as what one individual person has done for herself, her team, the sport, Caitlin Clark, if you ask me, would be at the top of the mountain if she was able to actually finish the job and get Iowa this championship. But that's just where I'm at. A one seed hasn't lost this tournament or somebody other than a one seed hasn't won this tournament since 2011. Caitlin Clark is giving Iowa the best chance that we've seen in a long time here because she has the ability to carry him past anyone if she has a night like she did on Sunday. We're going to finish up with news for around the Big Ten here as we get into the wrapping up of the show. But before we do that, the tournament is heating up and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. America's number one sports book. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets if your bet doesn't win up to $1,000 of them. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. To recap everything that happened over the Big Ten yesterday, once again, Iowa is on to the women's Final Four with Caitlin Clark's historic night. The final store, score, Iowa 97, 5-seed Louisville 83. Caitlin Clark, 41 points, 10 rebounds, and 12 assists. The only 40 or 30-point triple-double in NCAA tournament history. There are two more Elite Eight games tonight featuring Big Ten teams. Maryland faces off against South Carolina at 7 p.m. And Ohio State is up against Virginia Tech at 9 p.m. Both of those games will be on ESPN. In other news, Minnesota and Michigan are both headed to the Frozen Four in men's hockey. Minnesota beat St. Cloud State 4-1 and Michigan defeated Penn State in an all-Big Ten battle 2-1 in overtime to secure their spot in the Frozen Four. In football recruiting news, Purdue has gotten a commitment from a familiar last name. The name is Luke Jones. He is younger brother of Charlie Jones, an unranked prospect. Luke is getting a preferred walk-on spot. In other football recruiting news, 2024 three-star tight end Luke Reynolds has committed to Penn State. 2024 three-star defensive lineman J.D. Abasiri has committed to Minnesota. And unranked wide receiver Dallas Sims has committed to the Minnesota Gophers as well. Finally, Penn State is meeting with VCU head basketball coach Mike Rhodes to discuss their coaching vacancy left by Micah Shrewsbury as he heads to Notre Dame. Rhodes is 129-61 and 61 as the head coach of the Rams with three NCAA tournament bids in six seasons. The Rams were a 12 seed this year out of the Atlantic 10. That's all for Big Ten news around the conference today. Thank you for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every day. Now that you're done, be sure to make your second listen Locked On College Basketball. Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. 
plus hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Nate Dickinson at Nate with Sports on Twitter. Be sure to follow along with the show at Locked On Big Ten, one zero at the end, not T E N, on Twitter, wherever you get your podcasts, and on YouTube too. Until next time, Nate Dickinson with Locked On.